Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Run Out Radio. I'm Jerry Forsyth alongside Mike Howerton, and we've got a great guest for you again this week, Barry Berman, the one and only promoter of the U.S. Open. We'll be speaking with us later. But there was a lot of news this past week in the tournament scene, and Mike's got it all. Mike, bring it on. Boy, there sure was, Jerry. Uh, let's start in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Bankshot Billiards, Seminole Tribe Florida Pro Tour. They're back from their little break over the summer. Had a great field for the event this weekend, uh, or last weekend. Uh, Gabe Owen, Torsten Holman, Tony Crosby, Mike Davis, Rafael Martinez, Corey Duell, Tommy Kennedy, Stevie Moore. Uh, what was interesting about this event was who made it through the winner's side. Uh, the final four on the winner's side were Tony Crosby versus John DeToro and Rafael Martinez versus Neil Fujiwara of Predator Q fame. Right. Uh, DeToro ended up taking the hot seat. He had a hill-hill win over Rafael Martinez. But Mike Davis came through the one-loss side and beat DeToro 9-2 in the finals. Davis lost his first match of the tournament and came through the one-loss side all weekend. Very similar, you'll remember, to how Corey Duell won the BCA Open Nine Ball Championship back in 2001. I can't even imagine how brutal it must be to have to play back-to-back-to-back through the one-loss side against champions like that. But Davis made it through, and he won the tournament. Yeah, that's the toughest way possible to win a tournament. Uh, you know, we really should give a shout-out here to uh, Breakshot Billiards in Jacksonville. They they do an awful lot of good work in the tournament world, and they turn their room over to tournament promoters to hold these events. We seems like we mention them an awful lot, and uh, our thanks go out to the folks there in, in Jacksonville at Breakshot. Bankshot. Excuse me. Bank, our thanks go out to the folks there in Jacksonville at Bankshot. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Canada, uh, the first annual Harold Danielson Memorial Open took place at Breakers Billiards in, am I pronouncing this right, Kelowna, British Columbia? Yes, Kelowna. Uh, another all-star field, uh, Mike Massey, Dan Louie, John Horsfall, Edwin Montal, Stan Tarango, Tyler Eady, Paul Potier helped to run the event. Uh, one Canadian player that was absent from the event was Jeff Kennedy. Um, I'm, I'm hearing through the grapevine about a, a sabbatical that he might be taking from the game, and I sure hope it doesn't last long. But uh, Edwin, <coughs> excuse me, Edwin Montal made his way through this when he beat Stan Tarango in the finals. There will be a second Harold Danielson Memorial. This one will be for the ladies, and that will take place September 21st through 23rd at Breakers Billiards in Kelowna. Well, I'm glad Edwin won, but it seems like it's getting to be a habit. Every time we talk about a Canadian tournament, it's Edwin Montal that's coming out on top. That guy, everybody knows how good he is, but he's so quiet and so just into himself not, and not not bothering anyone that he, he doesn't come across as a threat, and people tend to let their guard down against him because he's such a nice guy, and he winds up wiping the floor with them. Um, strong, strong stick out of Canada. Well, it's definitely a good time to be a pool player in Canada. This event was 10,000 added. And then with the Canadian Nine Ball Tour starting up soon, there's going to be all kinds of events out there. Yeah, they're all $10,000 added. Uh, Shannon Dalton's Great Southern Billiard Tour was at Randolph's Billiards in Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, remember, Tony Watson won this one last week, and he was within one match of doing it again, but Jonathan Hennessy 
had other plans. Hennessy won the first set of the finals 9-3. Uh, this is the first tournament that Hennessy's won in quite a while, at least the first one that we know about. He tends to fly below the radar quite a bit. Yeah, he seems to be a pretty streaky player. He'll, he'll have hot streaks where you hear his name a lot, and then he, he goes away for a while. But uh, apparently he's back in style. Uh, we moved to the West Coast, Hard Times Billiards in Sacramento, California. They held the first annual Dave Piona Memorial event. This one was won by Billy Palmer. What I found interesting was the second place finish by our old friend Tony Anagoni. I spoke to Tony after the event, and Tony's been involved in putting together an organization for room owners. Uh, he said he was just as surprised as anybody else at how well he played over the weekend. Uh, I asked him if he was planning on going to the U.S. Open. He said prior to this event, he certainly didn't think so, but after as well as he played, he was thinking he might try to get out there and hit some. I wasn't aware that Billy Palmer was from the West Coast. I thought he was from mid-America somewhere. Oh, no. Billy's a regular on the the California, the West Coast events. He made his way into Arizona earlier this year for the Desert Dust-Off. He played great at that one, and he won that. He's always a lot of fun to watch. Uh, staying on the West Coast, uh, in my backyard, the Arizona State Bar Box Championship at Alexander Sports Bar. Mitch Ellerman won this one. Um, I watched the last few matches after two matches they sent me home on Saturday. That's what happens when you lose twice in a row. But I came back on Sunday to watch uh, the finals, and Mitch Ellerman, he's a 21-year-old kid, is just an amazing player to watch. Uh, he gives new meaning to fast and loose when he's playing, and especially when he's on his game. Um, you and I have both seen young players who just looked like they were going to turn out to be the next Johnny Archer. And I right. certainly hope that Mitch keeps his head on his shoulders. And to his credit, I've already seen a lot of uh, maturing in his game and his attitude over the past couple of years that I've been able to watch him. Uh, but I sure hope he keeps with the game and, and sticks with it. And, and I hope the game is healthy enough to provide a decent living to somebody with his kind of talent. But he's got all the talent and the confidence to go places in this game. It's just going to be on him. Well, this isn't the first time we've mentioned his name. Oh, no. And when when Scott Frost is not in Arizona, Mitch Ellerman is the player to beat at any tournament. And Scott Frost was in Texas, so Mitch went into it knowing he was the player to beat, and no one really came close. Well, that's a good position to be in. <laughs> On the ladies' side of things, the Ladies' Spirit Tour held the Florida State Championship at Capone's in Spring Hill. Top right. seeds, once again, Monica Webb, Helena Tornfeld, uh, along with the, the regulars on the tour, Tracy Hines, Jeannie Seaver. Ellen Van Buren and Debbie Schott are two players that play on that tour all the time, and they've made the transition. They are WPBA players now, but they're not those upper echelon players like Monica and Helena. Um, as the last couple events have been, this one was another undefeated run from Monica. She beat Ellen Van Buren 7-2 for the hot seat and 7-1 in the finals. Uh, another good win for Monica. She she seems to be winning those tour stops anytime she comes out now. Well, from our interview with her a few weeks ago, we can tell that her confidence level is way up there, so she should be hitting the balls pretty well. Definitely, and a special mention, I think, needs to be made to Rocky McElroy at Capone's. 
we've talked about the Seminole tribe and all they've done for pool in Florida, but room owners like Rocky have kept that state's pool scene running strong even before the Seminole tribe was involved. Rocky was holding big events, adding money every time, sponsoring players. I'm not sure that the Florida pool scene would be what it is today if it weren't for room owners, and Rocky's not the only one, but, but room owners like Rocky. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, another room and another room owner uh, deserving of a shout-out. Uh, the Hunter Ladies Tour was at the Billiard Den in Richardson, Texas, for their September event. Uh, one of the big stories of this one was a player by the name of Marissa Hallett. Uh, Marissa doesn't get out to play in many of the tour stops, but she made her presence known in this one. She ran through the winner's side undefeated until she played last month's winner, Amanda Lampert, for the hot seat. Lampert beat her 7-5 to take the hot seat, and, and Hallett fell to Heather Lloyd on the one-loss side. Heather is the tour points leader. Uh, Heather and Amanda played each other in the finals last month, and Amanda won, so they ended up playing each other in the finals again this month, and once again, Amanda won. Heather still sits at the top of the point list, but Amanda's got two tournament wins under her belt, and she's playing strong right now. Remember, we talked last week about Q Yi after she won the ladies' division of the Texas Open. Uh, Q played in this one, and once again, surprisingly enough, she plays great in non-Hunter Tour events, but she was two and out in this one. Uh, just seems like she doesn't have... I don't... I, I certainly don't think it's that she doesn't have the game, but I just don't know what it is that she is not able to bring to these Hunter Tour events to, to really play at her uh, acknowledged level. Yeah, you know, it seems like sometimes players just get jinxed in certain events or under certain promoters. And it's a shame it's the Hunter Tour because, you know, they're one of the big games going. They've been around for years and years and years. I know they were having Hunter Tour stops in the mid '90s, possibly before that. At that time, the Hunter Tour was sponsored by a uh, Q-maker named Wes Hunter. I, I don't know if it still is or not. Oh, yeah, they're still sponsored by Wes. He donates a, a very nice Q to every stop, generally $1,000 or more value. Uh, he's been supporting that tour for the longest time, and they're one of the longest-running regional tours out there. Uh, another regional tour, this one on the West Coast, the NWPA, uh, if you'll remember, the past couple of events have been showdowns between Kyoko Sony and Linda Carter in the finals. And once again, this was Kyoko Sony and Linda Carter in the finals, and Sony won it. To Linda's credit, the final score was 9-7, and it looks like she is just about ready to snap one of these matches off against Sony and, and reassert her dominance on the tour. Well, recently it really seems like Sony has Carter's number. Uh, and somehow Carter's got to figure out a way to, to turn that situation around. I mean, there's been conversation about it on your forums uh, at AZ Billiards that uh, uh, Carter has this big hill to climb, and it's named Sony. <laughs> Lastly, but certainly not least, the Jacoby Q's Great Lakes Tour kicked off their new season at the Rack in Livonia, Michigan. Rachel Abink, road warrior, uh, rode the winner's side in dominating fashion, on her way to the hot seat, Rachel did not let an opponent win more than three games uh, in race to seven matches. Uh, that's pretty much dominance in my book. Yeah, how, how did she do on the side bet? <laughs> well, there's no telling there. It's interesting if uh, you know if she's got action, the tournament is of secondary importance. Uh, she'll she won't play nearly as well in the tournament, but 
she must not have had much side action this time, because she, she rode through the, the winner's side without taking a loss. She did have a close one, though, in the finals. Uh, Kelly Pendleton came out of the one-loss side, and that really turned into anyone's match, but Rachel pulled it out 9-7. Rachel is a great player, a great female player. I mean, as we mentioned, she's been a road player for as long as I can remember, but you'll notice her name more and more popping up in WPBA events. Uh, I wonder if she's finally getting tired of of that side of the billiards game and trying to make it on the WPBA tour. Well, if she does, best of luck to her. Uh, but it's not like the world is full of names that uh, were road warriors who then made it big uh, in, in the tournament world. Uh, it's, it's not that common a combination. Well, certainly not on the win, uh, the women's side. On the men's side, I think we see a little bit more of that with Stevie Moore and with. Sure. But you're right. On the women's side, you don't see much of that. But then again, there are not a whole lot of serious female road warriors like Rachel is. True. Very true. Well, Jerry, that's all I've got, and I'm looking forward to moving on to listen to what Barry's got to say about the upcoming U.S. Open. Yeah, we've got a great guest today, so let's see if he's there. Barry, are you there? Hey, Jerry. I am very much here, and thank you. And Mike, thank you as well. Hey, Barry. Hey, it's uh, it's close. It's we'll real close. That's why we've got you on the line. And <laughs> we'd like to take our listeners back a little ways and talk about first the very first U.S. Open that you had. That, that was before U.S. anybody was born, Jerry. Yeah, okay, that was 140 years ago when I started it. So <laughs> there's nobody that, that's going to even remember this. That's why we're that's why we're going to talk about it because it's history right. and need to know about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> how many players did you have that first year? I was scraping for 16 actually, and I got the 16th player at the last at the very last moment. That uh, I, I remember vividly looking out the door, the old pool hall around the corner, seeing, praying that somebody would fill it up at 16, and it and it uh-huh. did. I vividly remember, like it was yesterday, 32 years ago, looking out the door and waiting for that 16th player. And I'm not kidding. I do remember things quite well, I guess, blessed with parents' genes. But, um, yeah, and we filled it up at 16 players in 1976. And who won? Well, you know, the, the, the other Jewish guy... Um, uh, Mike Siegel won the first uh, U.S. Open uh, in 1976 and again in 80 and 83, but he claimed to have won five U.S. Opens, but that's not true. He's won three. I had two events prior to 76 that were not called the U.S. Open that he won, (laughs) but the first U.S. Open was, in fact, 76, and he did win, um, and then he won again uh, two more times. And for his first prize from that very first tournament, how much money did he win? Uh, $3,000. Hey, that's not bad. Hey, well, we're going back 1976, so no. And, you know, that was a decent few days' work back then. It's not oh, yeah, so I bad now either, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know. <laughs> I figured you were going to tell me 300 
Uh, well, that's, I think that's what he paid to play. <laughs> uh, the entrance fee was the entrance fee was either two fifty or three hundred. I had to look up on one of the old flyers that I have, of course. Um, but the entrance fee was uh, two fifty or three back then. So it really hadn't gone up that much over the years, uh, yeah. which is one of my trademarks as well to keep the entrance fee down and keep raising the uh, prize fund with added money. And you do a fine job. Mike, what you got? Well, Barry, I know you've moved the event twice since the days that it was running in the pool room. Uh, let me correct you. Four times. Four times. Okay. Well, can you run us through the history of locations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from 76 through 88, I had it at the original Q-Master Bayards in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And then in 19... Uh, well, actually... Um, in 1976, I began it there. In 84, I branched out and went to the Lake Wright Hotel, not too far from my establishment, hoping to seek television coverage, and uh, I had it there at the Lake Wright. But we didn't get TV, or I didn't get TV, and also I lost all the food and beverage that used to be at the pool room. So I went back to the pool room, 85, 86, 87, and 88 was the last year ever there. And, of course, <clears throat> Mike LeBron won. And, by the way, I just found some pictures yesterday, day before yesterday, when Mike won the 88 Open, and I can't wait to give it to him this year. Can't wait to give it to him because I did not know I had these, still had these pictures, and um, I can't wait to put them in his hands um, 20 years ago uh, when he beat Varner twice. But I, I can't wait for that. But then I uh, I went back to the lake right again in 89 and 90, hoping to reap television, which didn't happen. Um, but also the event grew, outsized my um, small billiard room, so I had no choice but to move it, and I did. And um, outgrew the lake right in two years, and went to the Holiday Inn in Chesapeake. Um, they had just built a brand new facility with a 7,200 square foot ballroom, which was ideal. And so, in 1991, we did have ESPN coverage, and I had to have a ballroom a certain size with a ceiling height a certain size for the overhead cameras. So, lo and behold, there was a brand new Holiday Inn in Chesapeake, Virginia, and I held it there five years through 95. Then outgrew that venue of 7,200 square feet and moved it to the Virginia Beach Pavilion, which was huge, huge venue. I went to the Virginia Beach Pavilion in 96. Rodney Marsh beat Reyes in the finals, 11-6. And then I got a call from the city of Chesapeake from uh, Donald Goldberg, who was the economics and development uh, chair, told me they were about to build a, a brand new 50,000 square foot convention center across the street from the Holiday Inn and would I come back to Chesapeake if they did. So um, lo and behold, in eight months they built the Chesapeake Conference Center to get it ready for the 2007 U.S. Open with middle of September of 97, which was happened to be also the inaugural event for the Chesapeake Conference Center. Um, so the city of Chesapeake's been awfully good to me over the years. Uh, loyal uh, through thin and thick, 
um, good good times and bad times, but they know it's a tremendous impact on the city and as well as the entire Tidewater Virginia area and brings so many people and more and more people each year. So I've I've stayed with the city of Chesapeake since '91 every year except for '96 when I went to the um, Virginia Beach Pavilion and uh, was glad to go back to Chesapeake. Virginia Beach um, um, was a fine city, but Chesapeake is more of a personal attention that I received from uh, all those good old folks that really um, won me over to go back. And when they called me just before the end of 96 year after I had the event at the beach they asked me over the phone if I would come back and they said they were going to start on the conference center January 1st and they would have it ready by the middle of September and they hadn't even broke ground yet and I said absolutely but can you really have it built in eight and a half months I mean we're talking from scratch from ground zero and they said, quote, Barry, if you tell us you're coming back, we will have it ready. And I said, where do you want me to sign? They said, we don't want you to sign anything. If you're telling us you're coming back, we'll have it ready for you. And that's how we did business. And they had it ready for me in eight and a half months. And it was amazing. They worked 16-hour shifts for eight and a half months. And the U.S. Open was, in fact, the inaugural event of the Chesapeake Conference Center in September of 97. So there goes the uh, Mike. I'm sorry to be so loquacious on your on your question, but it, it happened to be that way. Well, I mean, that's pretty sporty. There's not a whole lot of tournaments out there that have uh, cities bidding back and forth wanting the tournament there. I mean, a lot of tournament directors and promoters, they want to look within the billiards industry for all of their support, and you've actually got a city that's building venues to get you back. I mean, you've got to be pretty pleased with that kind of support. Well, you know... Tremendously so, and that's why I, uh, I just, you know, I'm very happy with the city. I have no intentions of expanding the event to 512 players and moving it to a demo facility. Um, that's what I'd have to do if I opened the field, which I only did once and would never do it again. It, it just doesn't make sense. The only way you could do that is to have a larger venue, but then. Um, it's, you know, sometimes bigger is not better. The Chesapeake Conference Center is truly ideally laid out perfectly. They didn't build it to my specs, but if you were to build a building to, to hold a national um, uh, billiard event, um, particularly the U.S. Open, the pool, it would be that building. It's, it's, it fits like a glove. And, Jerry, you can attest to that. You've been there many years. From 1997 through the year 2000, Everything was just fine, went off just smooth as silk. Then in 2001, you had the promoter's worst nightmare happen to you because your event had just begun when the terrorists crashed the jets into the Twin Towers and brought them down. Jerry, I, uh, yeah, it, was, it happened, to, um, the tournament started Monday morning, and this happened at 9 o'clock Tuesday morning. Yeah, and that meant that... Fans couldn't get there. The the revenue wasn't what it had 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 been. You had assured the players it would be, and so you had to cut the prize fund, and you caught a lot of flack from that. But the players stayed with you, and the fans stayed with you, and they came back. 
And then it seems like for the next few years you were really jinxed with things like hurricanes. I mean, those years from 2001 until, I guess, 2005, it seemed like every year you were getting bit with something. Well, all but two years. But uh, you're right, Jerry. I can. I again, the memory is um, intact. Actually, it started in 2000 when I opened the field to 286 players, right. and was so insanely crazy about that. I threw in a whole bunch more money that I really didn't have. But because uh, uh, I just built a house that 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 I really shouldn't have, you know, couldn't have really have afforded it, but I I guess mid-life life crisis or something was telling me to do it, I, who knows what, but 2000 was a wonderful year, but it, it, it was, it cost me, you know, it was, it was not a moneymaker, of course, and then all of a sudden, uh, 2001, as you said, Jerry, which yesterday, of course, we all watched the news, um, I was really stuck with, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? I didn't know what to do. Uh, the year before, I'd probably lost oh, uh, thirty thousand. Just um, so excited to have so many players and and making it more money. That instead of adding fifty thousand, I added seventy two thousand because I, I guess uh, um, I'm not the most thrifty of Jewish men in the world, but I was very happy and I wanted to get the prize fund up there over two hundred thousand, which I exceeded to do. It, it it still cost twenty or thirty thousand, but but uh, it was a wonderful event. Earl won, and so many people were there. It was insane. And then, uh, like you said, Jerry, you know, '01 was horrible for forget the U.S. Open. It was horrible for America. It was the most horrific day we've ever ever had in this country, and uh, it was it was devastating. I didn't know what to do. I w- I kept waiting for people to show up. Uh, the people that were already there, the players had already, all the players were there because the meeting was Sunday and we started Monday. And the VIPs, um, about 20% of them were there. And we all know the bulk of the fans and the VIPs come in for the weekend. Right. And then I realized, hey, nobody, nobody's fine for three days. And people that lived in Carolina were afraid to leave their home. Rightfully yep. so. Yep. So the gate was about 70% off. And I built my event, added money, particularly around the gate. And that's how I've always done it. And that's why I'm able to add 80000 now. Um, if you include the uh, past champions entrance fee that I do pay. It comes from somewhere, so it comes from me (laughs) with the other 72,000. So I went, what am I going to do? I really can't afford to take this huge bath like this again. And I I certainly didn't want to benefit from the tragedy. So I thought of a palatable arrangement uh, in my mind to do, and I ended up cutting the price from 17% of the added money. It wasn't a tremendous, of the total prize money, uh, the added money was still 45000 instead of seventy two, and I still lost 30000 right. on top of that. So it's not like I said, okay, I'm not going to lose any money. I salvaged only to lose thirty. And you know, as you mentioned, Jerry, um, you know, most people stood by my side 
and understood that this had never happened before and everything had been wonderful for 25 years and I was befuddled because of some of the way a few players um, representatives from newly formed organizations were were responding to um, only a you know the way they you know really treated me with disrespect and I am a single guy running an event I'm not corporate America here and you know I still added forty five thousand dollars to an event that was fifty thousand added a couple of years before until I got a full field and added seventy two so you know, I still added 45, and I still lost 30 because the gate was not there. But we went from there. The event did suffer the next year. Some players boycotted it and, uh, in 02. And then 03, I had my personal issues, which, uh, thank God, are way far behind me. Um, 04 was a rebuilding year, and 05 was full. And then um, 06... We had 214 players instead of 256 because the IPT stepped all over my dates that I'd already established a year in advance. You know, the last six or seven U.S. Opens, only a a couple of them have been very pleasant for me. I know everybody else has a good time, but personally, I'm determined to make this year um, the most pleasurable for everyone, and and including myself. Uh, I really... I'm excited about this year's event. I really feel it's going to be full. I really feel the support that I'm having uh, with players and spectators calling um, the fact that we moved it to the middle of October certainly helps with uh, toward hurricanes, some hurricanes, hopefully, up and down the East Coast in the Gulf. And also having it uh, ending on Saturday night is a tremendous bonus for everybody involved. Everybody, not just the gate and, and the fans, but the players also that happen to be working players can travel on Sunday. So it's a win-win for everybody to end it Saturday night. There'll be a 1,000 people at the finals, rightfully so, rather than 300. Don't you right. agree, Jerry? Oh, yes. So yeah. I, I'm just hoping for some for some luck. And, um, you know, hurricanes, hopefully they'll be gone, and, and hopefully other unfortunate situations won't arise. And if, if, if that, those things don't happen, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a very successful tournament for everybody. Now, I have to go back and touch very briefly on some of the demons that hit your life around 2002, 2003. And one of them was you and your friends enjoyed a good card game together. And eventually that grew to where you had a card game in your house and somebody brought in a, a craps table and I, I believe a roulette wheel. And you wound up, all these friends of yours wound up getting busted one night. It should have never, ever, ever happened. As a matter of fact, the... Uh we were talking about this the other night too. It, it 
it really should have never happened. It wasn't what they thought it was. My name is not Soprano or Escobar. And uh, right. it was a bunch of my friends having a good time and all wonderful, nice people that all had jobs. And, you know, <laughs> it should have never, ever happened. And um, But, you know, it did. How did the police get involved? I mean, how did they find out? Well, they received a, a, a letter that I happened oh. to have seen. It was from a jealous business owner that lost a few customers once a month because they came to my house and had a little fun, good, clean fun, without right. any craziness. And, again, it should have never have happened because Undercover was in my house for two months prior to the bus, and I knew they were there. I I, I went up to them, and, and I said, I know what you guys are, but, you know, uh, there's nothing – there was nothing – going on that that was maybe I pushed the envelope but you know there wasn't any illegal smoke or other things in the house people were having a great time playing inexpensive cards and blackjack amongst themselves and all nice people it just should have never happened but it did as a matter of fact the one of the arresting officers and I are very very good friends these days very good friends and as a matter of fact, he came by to visit me last week. I was leaving my business, Q Masters, to go to the city of Chesapeake. They had their 10th anniversary gala that, of course, I was invited to. And I was walking out the door at 5.30 to go there. And he walked in just to say hello because he was in the neighborhood. And uh, he was um, there at the house and as a police officer during the uh, uh uh, ordeal, and we both agreed it should it should have never happened. It just wasn't quite what they thought it was. Once it makes news, if it's newsworthy, and I I guess I'm I happen to be, it 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 made headline news. Trust me. And and uh, other, if it hadn't made the news, if my name was Joe Blow or whatever, um, then it would have never. It had, nothing would have happened because it really. But once it hit the media and the TV and the newspapers, it was, you know, the, the city had no choice but to proceed and whatnot. But, you, you know, life goes on, and I'm much stronger and I'm very healthy. And so, you know, life goes on. You either go south or north, and I'm, I'm a fighter. So I'm, I'm not going south, at least I hope not. Barry, I'm curious. The event's been going on 30-plus years. In the past... 10 years that I've been following the billiards world as heavily, um, we've seen tournaments come and go, but the U.S. Open is always there. It's always one of the, one of, if not the largest uh, title to be won on American soil. To what do you attribute the ongoing success of the event? Is it is it because of Barry Berman? Is it because of the players? Or what do you feel it is? Well, that's a very good question, and there's not one answer. But briefly, um, everyone knows that the only reason I do this is, is for the love of the money. There's so much money to be made running the U.S. Open that that's why I do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I've got a dog to feed that weighs 10 pounds, and if I don't make enough money every year, that little guy, he'll be shriveled up to nothing. But uh, jokingly aside, it's... It's um, 
actually it's for many reasons, but if I didn't love if I didn't love pool and fell in love with the game in nineteen sixty five like I did, um that's you know, it's you gotta like what you gotta like your job and, and if you don't like your job you're not gonna do it thirty thirty five I've been in business thirty six years now. Last week was thirty six years. And uh um you gotta like what you're doing. Some days I, I don't because um, there's all types of problems with business. But hey, you know you gotta accept the good and the bad. But um, in most cases, I'm pleased. Otherwise, I wouldn't have stayed this long. The event has grown to become the event it is because I can thank the players and the fans for all the years of support. It's not so much that I love. It's it's it, we all know that. Look how many fans come every year that plan their vacations a year in advance to be here. The people that love this game. And how about all the players that have supported the event? Um, you know, I I do it for all of us. When I say us, it's it's them and myself. And, of course, we have the industry also that has supported the event for 32 years. And we don't have to go into... Uh, a to Z, but uh, that's pretty funny, huh, Mike? There's uh, uh, there's been a, a, a million, not a lot of wonderful sponsors that I've had over the years. So many that I can just say thank you. Even the ones that are no longer sponsors um, that have moved on or wherever they have gone. I'm very happy with the sponsors that I've had the last several years in particular. Um, and, of course, the ones before them, because we all grew. But um, I'm very pleased with uh, the loyalty of um, everyone involved the last se- several years of the event. And they have kept me strong going through trials and tribulations that i am created havoc um, in one oh two oh three, which wasn't pleasant for anybody. But now, but they have stood by my side, and I can't say goodbye to them. I'm still alive, so and they're still alive. So how can I say goodbye to them after three tough years that they, for the most part, most part, ninety-five um, percent of them plus stood by my side, and the other five percent, they're slowly coming back. <laughs> And we know who some of them came back last year without mentioning any names. Uh, and I was glad to see them back without mentioning sure. names. But I even said something about that, that I was glad to have them back. And we're all in this together. We're all in this together, and we are. The, it's just not me. I've got everybody. Uh, the whole pool world is depending on me. I have to go forward and... Um, I, or I would have quit a long time ago. That's great, Barry. Hey, we really appreciate your time today, and we look forward to visiting with you personally right around the middle of October for the U.S. Open 2007 edition. Well, as usual, Barry was not uh, suffering a shortage of words there. He's quite loquacious and uh, <laughs> a fun guy to be around. We're really looking forward uh, to being with Barry at the U.S. Open, which begins on October 15th. Mike and I will be there as part of the grand kickoff for AZB-TV. Mike, what's the final word this week? 
Well, Jerry, I'm looking forward to the U.S. Open. Uh, I've been there a couple of years in the past, a great event. Barry has really had some some bad luck these past four or five years, and I'm looking forward to the bad luck being behind him and a great event this year uh, with the, the field and with nothing going on that would be combating or stepping on his event. It looks to be a winner. Amen. That's all we've got this week. We'll be here same time next week, so look for us again next week.